New women are discovering this podcast daily, and all the time I get messages from you, the listeners, telling me that this podcast has changed your life. I am so sincerely happy to hear that. Thank you for listening and for tending to that sacred fire of your own sacred remembering journey. It's so important. Here in the final season of the podcast, I want to sincerely invite you into the next iteration of sacred remembering, community. It is more important than ever that women commune, that we weave the unfolding magic of this great mystery together alongside one another, and that we share the codes and realizations of this very real magic that is unfolding in our lives. The Sacred Remembering Community is the next layer deep. If you love the podcast, join us there. We meet in person, on live calls, we meet in truth, in solidarity, and we meet globally. We are opening to a greater experience and expression of energetic, sexual, relational, spiritual, bodily, and financial sovereignty. We do all of this within the unified field and within the integrity of the Christus Sophia, the one Mother, Father, God. We do it in unity and we reunify all of the aspects of ourselves on this journey and in this space. Everyone is sovereign, everyone is free, everyone is on their sacred remembering journey, and we amplify things when we do it in community. It is my honor to serve you and to serve your journey, to introduce you to my wonderful friends. We've been creating community, it's for you, and what's to come is so exciting. The energy from this podcast is now moving into community. After you've enjoyed this episode, or right now, come join us. We're at sarahpoet.com backslash community. Hello and welcome to season six of the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who we are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we're rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. Here, we remember our sovereignty together through stories, tools, curiosity, and community. In doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today to join the Sacred Remembering Women's community. I also have many resources for you on your journey to reunite feminine and masculine including private alchemical space holding for both individuals and couples. Schedule a consultation today at sarahpoet.com and I look forward to hearing from you. Now, let's begin. Hello, beloveds, and welcome to episode 144 of the Sacred Remembering Podcast. I'm Sarah Poet. It's so good to be here with you today and so good to be here for the final episode of the podcast. Wow, final episode of the podcast. We made it to 144. Whether this is final for always or final for now, you know, we will see. I don't have any guidance on that at this point in time. But it does feel to close the podcast at this time. And what wants to happen today was actually divinely guided um, 
what I'm going to do today is tell you four stories. This isn't an interview. These really aren't teachings. I, I think I'm going to stay out of the teaching space today. I've done so many episodes on different teachings that you know have come through through my sacred remembering journey. And today I'm going to share some stories and follow that that divine guidance and. Whew, the Sacred Remembering Podcast has truly been with me in such a like incredibly important time in my life. And there were some things that I was journeying with while I was in the process of, you know, this podcast and things kind of going on in the background and um this was this was just such an amazing part of the the journey that is sacred remembering because that journey never stops <laughs> ever stops and you know from that first inkling of that like that moment where it's like wait i left something of my true and authentic self back there you know, let me, let me go and find that. And then we start to follow the breadcrumbs. You know, I was made to said so many times on this podcast and, and then we discover one thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And this is so special. <laughs> That's what's coming up as I'm sitting here now with my eyes closed, just talking with you from my heart to your heart. It's so special. This journey of a sacred remembering. It is so divine. It is so the journey of our times. It is so needed. And, you know, three years ago when I started this podcast, over three years ago now, I, I knew that the answers are inside of us. I think the answers are especially inside of women because we've been doing so much awakening, but you know, the answers are inside of modern humans. And as we simultaneously discover these parts of our sacred remembering path and what is next for us, and we heal the separation of the paradigm that has been, what we discover will actually be the answers for how we move forward. What we discover will actually be the answers for how we move forward. And by that, I mean, as a planet as a people, as an earth, as a consciousness. We are in a time of planetary awakening. It also means that we are in a time of spiritual warfare. We have seen like <laughs> forces of, you know, light and dark and good and evil and like those polarized forces. We have seen them playing out throughout the world in major ways, especially in the last few years. Simply put, I see this as a sign of the times, if you will. Like, you know, we are in this planetary awakening. We are in an ascension cycle. And so that means that, you know, more truth, more light, more unification is going to be happening. You know, this is why we talk about the union of the feminine and masculine on this podcast, because that's like the 
the major, major polarity that um, we need to heal through our lived experience, in my opinion, in this lifetime, because everything, all of creation is made up of feminine and masculine. And so, yeah, we can talk about that, like in a relational journey or talk about that in men and women and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But essentially it's all of it. It's all of it. It's mother, father, God, it's the Christos Sophia. It's all of it. And they want to, um, you know, reunify through us and through our hearts. So these tools of hmm, like, how does that happen? How do we bridge separation and come back to connection? Well, you know, just as if you've been listening to this podcast for three years, you've seen aspects of my journey and my awakening and, you know, like a remembrance of, oh, well, this is, you know, how, uh, for example, women reunify with the inner masculine this is how women reunify with the god aspect of the masculine and then i tried to make you know maps i have this modern women's pathway of feminine masculine reclamation it's available on my website of course along with other things and you know i made these podcasts and i i've like made things to try to help (laughs) to like map the consciousness and the process even for us as modern women as we heal these traumas of separation as we heal from our you know our enculturation with religion our father wounding our patriarchal traumas as we heal those we come back into both inner unification and unification with the divine we do it for ourselves and we do it for the world and so i suppose (laughs) that i'll say it was always my intention to share what i was you know figuring out on this path by no means am i finished sharing of course i couldn't stop because when your soul has a purpose and a dharma, um, you don't stop. But the uh, the energy is being redefined, and the focus, the the multiple focuses, are being redefined. And um, saying a yes to closing this podcast when I knew that it was time was a really big. Uh, decision I guess or it felt like a really big deal because in some ways I thought it would be there forever you know and and some people were like well don't stop something from a business perspective that you've been doing for so long you know on and on but really the I think the focus is probably getting more refined for me and also the energy is changing which I have been talking about and I talked about that big time on episode 134 where I talked about old templates and new templates. And and so my own life really has been bridging into a new template. And I'm so grateful, so grateful. (laughs) These are um, the things that I was only imagining, you know, a little while ago. And, And I'm feeling and experiencing them now in this new template. And so, 
you know, another aspect of the sacred remembering journey is please do not underestimate the power of your intention. The power of your intention. I forget that a lot. <laughs> so at 4.30 a.m. this morning, no alarm was set, but I think my little white cat has an internal alarm and sometimes she wakes me up really early and um, you know, sometimes I mind and sometimes I don't, but I had um, a first thought this morning when she was waking me up and I knew it was time for me to get up because my first thought was like from, it was a message from the Sacred Remembering podcast and it was saying, don't forget to talk about faith. Don't forget to talk about faith in the introduction of today's episode. And I was like, okay, I'm getting up. I'm doing my Kundalini yoga. I'm going to be listening um, for what wants to be shared today. And so what do I want to say about faith? I think it's, you know, it's really normal to, to lose it or to question it. And I know that I've done plenty of that um, when it feels like things like aren't working out. Um, but you know, the the daughter that I couldn't raise that I birthed when I was 19 years old, it was it was actually the topic of the very first podcast that I recorded. It was that story um, of her birth and and how that whole thing impacted my life, being a birth mother but not raising her. That I think I did another episode on this at one point too, like around her birthday one year in July. And the her middle name that I gave her was Faith. And so I've walked with this question of faith for like a long time in my life because, you know, essentially faith at the time when I gave her that name, I was really surprised that it was divine guidance to give her that name. And faith was really something that my father talked about. My father and like, you know, religion and the way he kind of aligned with this masculine God and it felt really dominating to me. Um, when I first got the message, I was like an 18, 19 year old pregnant girl who knew that the baby was going to be adopted. I said, uh, no way am I naming this child faith because <laughs> that belongs to my father's religion and I want nothing to do with that and of course the guides were very persistent and I named I gave her that name and um you know the irony or the metaphor that I'll write about in my memoir is that like that name was dropped as her parents gave her a new first name and the first name that I gave her became her middle name and, you know, the faith was like dropped. And then I would say that I also lost faith for like a very long time, <laughs> like a very long time. And so my sacred remembering journey has also been a faith walk. And, you know, it's been pretty wild, like the, the amount of faith um, that I have <laughs> used I guess or or had in in like taking action and taking courageous action like leaving a job and you know saying things on the podcast and online that like I had previously been forbidden to say um by family culture and church and society and 
And um, really oh, what's coming through in this moment is like the sacred remembering path is the faith path. Wow, I've never said this before. And it's just what's coming through right now. And I vowed to just kind of allow myself to channel today. So the sacred remembering path is the faith path. It, it replaces religion. It replaces this like false notion of God and this reunified pathway, our pathway where we are directly connected to source and really remembering that and claiming that unified field and claiming back the architecture of our energetic bodies, claiming back our sovereignty. This is the faith walk. This is like, I don't like the word religion, but I'm using it like to make a point. It's, it's the new religion. We don't need a religion anymore because religion was hijacked. And religion made us believe that we were separate from God, separate from the source. And then there were all of these other forces that <sighs> reinforced that. And so the sacred remembering path is so courageous. And in it, you find the answers that are the answers that your soul came seeking. And they're also the answers that you share back with the world that changes the planetary frequency, that changes the lives and the conditions of people. Maybe just your family, maybe your extended family, maybe a whole tribe of people. Maybe you're here for the collective. It's not always about size and like how many people you influence. It's about you and your path and your sacred remembering journey and your dharma and showing up for that. And I know <laughs> through experience that sometimes it's hard to do that. It takes a lot of courage to do that. The path is not always rewarded in the ways that we think it will be. And then we have to hold that faith. And we have to keep going. And I'm really showing up today in a way where, like, I have to hear that message <laughs> as well. Like, that message today is for all of us, myself included, for sure. And so I don't think I've ever done this before on the podcast, but I want to open this space before I tell you these four stories. I want to open a deliberate prayer field in the unified field and call in the Holy One, the Mother, Father, God, the Christus Sophia, calling in unification, calling in love, calling in the sweet soul of the Sacred Remembering podcast and Sacred Remembering as a tribe, as the women who are doing this beautiful work of self-recognition on the planet, calling in the spirit of that, calling in the 12 dimensional guardians of love and light and unity, calling in the heart of this gorgeous planet, the crystalline diamond heart of Sophia Gaia, Calling all of us to consider connecting now to our own hearts and the crystalline nature of our own hearts. Calling in each and 
every one of us, if, if you choose, of course, you're sovereign, you do it. If you choose to participate in this, calling in the source connection, that is ours, our direct source connection. And calling in our sovereign connection to this divine planet. Welcoming in all the beautiful currents of love, of the feminine, calling in the, the holy and divine masculine, the light, the consciousness, the new masculine, calling in the restored, regenerative feminine, calling in union as it wants to be expressed in us and through us in this moment and moving forward. Naming and claiming the space of sovereign and free. May all who enter here be blessed. May the energetics be in the, the tri-wave, the rejuvenating, regenerating frequency of the love and the holy trinity of mother, father, and child. Holy mother, holy father. Holy Child, allowing that gorgeous Christic Trinity to permeate our bodies, ourselves, our beings, our light bodies, our earth connection, calling in the frequencies and the Holy Divine Grandmothers of the heart and welcoming all of these gorgeous guardians and more because there are plenty that we don't know to call by name. Calling in these spirit teams, these ascension teams. Welcoming the, you know, for each of us, the, the help, the support that we need on these courageous paths of sacred remembering, of soul reclamation of purpose and of mission and of dharma. May we be supported in every needed and possible way through the regenerative forces of the new earth that we're creating. We bring it in and we bring it in through moments like this and through our remembrance. And beloveds, as you listen today, please know that my and I believe that the, the guidance to do these four stories today, well, I know that there was divine guidance because I didn't come up with it. The intention in traversing these stories. I don't know if I want to like fully try to describe it or not, but it's it's something like an example of a pathway an example of a sacred remembering pathway. And I'm going to tell stories from my life with like big pieces of information. And I'll tell little details of stories and I'll cover some time. But be sure, you know, if you're embarking from this point forward, be sure to listen to the end because these four stories 
build a bridge. Okay, so we begin to embark. I also want to say that the contents and context of these stories combines what I knew at the time and retrospect. So um, there's like a lot of information in them and and like big information in them. And so please know that this is the result of like me walking this sacred remembering journey and showing up every single day without fail in the soul space, in the devotional space, and in the space of working on my energy, you know, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, et cetera, et cetera, like becoming and listening to the soul and following the soul guidance. And, and like, this is how I live. It's really what I wanted my whole life. Like, this is how I live. And so these stories, like I said, it's like what I knew then, but also like what I know now. Okay. So, okay. So the first story begins in early 2018 when I was leaving a career in education and the divine guidance to open my practice called embodied breath came in 2017 and it was so clear it, it was like a clear audience you will open this you will call it embodied breath you will um you know i knew it was going to be about women's coaching and like healing trauma and <laughs> it was like oh little did i know right and so that's what i knew at the time and i was like okay wow it's starting to become time and what happened was like very long story short was I was supposed to have this transition that was like a nine month transition out of my um jobby job and one day and like things started to kind of go bad at at work and like more contentious like uh, more discomfort that I was like starting to build this bridge out of the career and I was the academic director and so there was like you know panic like what what's she doing um and where's her loyalty and, like all of those kinds of things and so one day I heard spirit say Sarah go refinance your house right now and I did it okay so sometimes like I ignore the voices and sometimes the voices are so clear that you just got to do it. So I did it. I went and refinanced my house and like got the cash payout and the cash payout came like it ended up being like one week after the job had essentially like terminated, um, which I, I don't think I'll go into because it's not the point right now. And so I didn't have this like nine month transition. It was like, okay, now you're an entrepreneur, like go for it. And so it was a very interesting time because I was excited. I had a lot of passion. I had a lot of like a lot of ambition and I, you know, was taking this like massive leap. I was a homeowner, a single mother. And, um, like one day I was sitting with my cousin at, uh, I have some family that is local here, but like we didn't grow up here. 
Um, so I was sitting with my cousin at like a little tea shop and she says to me, like, did you hear what your father did recently? And I was like, uh, no. And I didn't have a relationship really with my father at this point. Um, because I had started to name that, you know, there had been abuse as, as I was a child and I had started to tell my story and I knew my whole life. I knew that the more I told my story, the less I would have of my family. And I just inherently knew that that was true. And I think that that's, you know, really, it's very common for women to like really hesitate to tell their story because of what they'll lose. And so this is to say from my heart to yours, I fucking get that. I fucking get that. So I had begun to like become really, you know, brave and started to speak out on social media and um, not necessarily about that, but like just <laughs> the, I wasn't conforming anymore is essentially what it was. And so my cousin says, did you hear about your dad? And I said, no, what, what happened? And she said, well, he um, attacked someone. He attacked someone in Florida. And so like my father was living in Florida. My mother was still working in Pennsylvania, and, but they're still married. And I was like, he uh, did what? And yeah, she explained it to me and I got sick. Like I got ill. I was like, Oh, uh, hold on. I have to go to the bathroom. And I was like sick. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and I, I remember like I had a new outfit on, you know, cause here I was like, okay, I'm a new entrepreneur. I just had this like cash payout. I got some new clothes, you know, I was like, I'm ready. And then, um, I, I like put myself to, back together and like my new outfit, I was like, woof, splashed some cold water on my face and, and like went back to the table. I was like, okay, wow. Okay. That's big news. And, um, she kept talking and, and I was like, oh, I got, I'm going to be sick again. And like went back to the bathroom and, um, did that three times until I was like, I, I just have to go. And I canceled the next appointment that I had. And I just went home and walked into my house. And I think it was one of the first times that I began to really acknowledge the depth of the, like what was happening in my body. There was this fear in my body that was presenting itself when I heard this story of like my father attacking someone, which was pretty out of character for him and so I knew like something was really off um and so you know I had been in trauma healing at that point and somatic healing and so it's like my body is really trying to signal something to me and looking back throughout my life I had been dealing with that kind of reaction I'm speaking to like the hearts of so many listeners right now I can I can feel it when the body is having such a somatic and fear-based reaction to something and you don't know why like I get that because I lived that so much like I had this level of fear in my body and I didn't really know where it was coming from and um but I knew enough at that point to be like 
is this is really serious because when you live with that level of fear in the body and that kind of reaction, you know, like before I would do public speaking or something like that, like I would always be that sick or that like self-conscious or, um, and it was like my, my vagal nerve was going into such fight flight, but I think it was like, it was like freeze fawn. I mean, I would really get close to like the, the like fawning. Um, but then because I'm kind of like a badass warrior, you know, like I had that aspect of my um, coping mechanisms, right. Uh, where I would like get back up and, and like almost pretend to be tough or like, I actually was really tough, but it was this like huge, um, like disparity that I've lived with in my body and being as though, as though it was normal. Like I would have these like massive, trauma responses in the body and like, you know, be it like pooping, puking, like this massive trauma responses. And those, those trauma responses would also come up like, like if I dated men or like, you know, like early on in relationships, like I, my, my body and my like soma was kind of like afraid of men. And this was one of the reasons that I stayed married to my husband for like as long as I did, we were together 14 years. We weren't married that long, but he was safe like to my body because he was familiar. Um, he wasn't necessarily that safe as far as like, um, like (laughs) things like gaslighting, stuff like that come to find out, um, in retrospect, but staying on track here, like I always had those fear patterns on the body and I would just try to like mitigate it. But what that scenario showed me was that this was like undeniable. And shortly after that, because this was still very much like in the time, like in the weeks that I was emerging from this career and like walking into entrepreneurship, um, a few weeks later, it was, uh, like Easter weekend and, um, there was like my mother and my grandmother were like on their way to my house in Asheville, North Carolina, my old house. And my father like posted an attack on me on Facebook, on his Facebook page. And I remember I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, and I commented on it. I said, this is about me and I'm your daughter. And like, this is completely inappropriate. And he started texting me and the texts that were coming in were like, you're a horrible mother to your son. Um, You're going to fail. Like, I remember he told me like in the text message, you will fail at this I'd forgotten about that until this moment actually and I began to be very very afraid and my mother and my grandmother were on their way like this nine-hour drive to my house and and like they pulled in the driveway and I said if you have anything to do with how he's treating me right now you can turn around and go home and they were like we don't know what you're talking about so And then I also had these two women who throughout my whole life were like pretending that nothing was wrong, Um, which was part of the reason why I had this like really difficult time identifying what was safe and what was not 
um, and like why I lived with this much fear in my body, because as I look to my mother and like the life that she created and, and I felt so much fear in my body, like from my father, my mother would be like, everything's fine. Like she wanted this like painted, like picture perfect kind of, um, light. And so, um, they were like, no, we didn't have anything to do with it, but like, oh, he's just worried about you. And, you know, don't, don't take it seriously. Meanwhile, my body is like going into fight or flight because I feel like he's going to attack me. So then they leave. And a little bit later, I'm on the phone with one of my dad's sisters. And I'm on the phone with her for over an hour talking about his instability and like what he's doing. And, you know, why am I getting this sense in my body that like something's not okay? And my aunt actually said the words to me. Well, I was talking about his like, like the danger in him. And she said, yeah, like your father could, could hurt someone. He could kill. Your father could kill. And I said, but, you know, I've worked with, many many like people with suicidal ideology i said he doesn't have that he said he wouldn't kill himself and she said no he would kill you or your mother my aunt said these words to me as though they are words that people speak to each other without like someone calling the police you know and so i was like again i'm waking up to like oh my God, there's so much wrong here. Like there's so much wrong and everyone's just acted like nothing was wrong. And so again, I felt like this massive fear in my body and I was, you know, he was, he was acting out because I had gone out on my own in business. Like, let's be clear. That's what was happening. My whole life, there were systems of, of control and abuse and, um, I won't go into all of that, but it was, it was like, I was breaking away from what he had told me to believe in, what he had told me to do, how he had taught me and coerced me to be dependent on him. Um, like I was not playing by the rules anymore. And I made this massive step. And then there was this like big backlash of energy that was like, I was afraid for my life. I had him put on like the, I posted his picture in the school email, you know, to my son's school. And I was like, do not let this person pick up my kid. Like, I didn't know what he was capable of. And the fear, like the level of that fear was like running through me. And I was finally starting to speak about it. And at one point I said to my mom, like, you did not model like an appropriate response to what, you know, we experienced because it was always this like Jekyll Hyde thing as we were, as we were growing up. So to um, wrap up story number one here, there's a big piece that I am sharing for the first time in this podcast where in, um, so a year later, like I, you know, here I am like doing the thing. And a year later, I go through a dark night of the soul for reasons that I won't go into right now. And, but it was like, you know, relationships and some of these like 
you know, patterns that had kind of like somehow come from what had happened with my father in my life. And then like, ah, it was like this dark energy that would like take over my father. And then he wouldn't be himself anymore. And then, because sometimes he's the nicest guy in the world, like, and you know, he like gives a lot of money to churches and hospices and like really, really wants to do good. And then other times I was so fucking afraid of him. And, but like the way I was afraid of him, it, it happened like in the dark. And that's another thing that I realized was that, um, like the things that would happen would only happen when no one else was around. And then I started to recover memories actually of like him threatening to kill me, but it was only in, it was like no one else was around. And one of the ways that I actually remembered that was because um, like one time he was at my house in Asheville and he cornered me. Like I saw his eyes go black and, um, and he was telling me how horrible I was. And he like cornered me kind of like up against a wall. And that was one of the, you know, as a, it was like one of the only times that it had happened kind of in the last you know, number of years. And I was starting to like really wake up and really be in therapy. And, um, and so I, I saw this pattern. I was like awake. I was waking up to it. Right. Cause I was an adult. I was like, uh, this is not okay. And yet, like, I didn't ask him to leave my house that night. I slept with a chair under the doorknob and slept with my son in my bed so that we would be safe. But I'm, I'm like highlighting that there was this like huge level of dysfunction, but the entire family and my family, to be clear to this day, like still operates as though this is not even happening. Um, like, like the level of dysfunction was just allowed to exist. Like we just, um, like when you come from that kind of fuckery, like you don't even realize that it's like that level of dysfunction. And so after I had kind of like experienced something similar in a frequency with a man that was like very, very dear to me, I became very, very afraid. And I actually went into a dark night of the soul um, in 2019, which I've shared a lot about on this podcast. And um, I had had this intuition to ask my another aunt about like my grandmother's story my grandmother's name is um Susie so this would be my father's mother their mother and I had the intuition for a long time to ask her about Susie's story because I knew that there was like generations of childhood sexual abuse I knew that that had happened to me but my family all denied it and um, I just like wanted to to learn more. And so I sat down with my aunt and I remember she opened the discussion with me with, um, you know, you don't have to forgive your father, but I want you to know why he is the way he is. And for like an entire morning, it was like over three hours. She highlighted for me, not highlighted, but like she shared with me stories from their childhood and the fact that they were raised inside of a cult there was a satanic ritual in this cult there was um very horrible things like even animal sacrifice childhood sacrifice child sacrifice 
And the children were all subject to this at a very, very young age in order to break them, in order to corrupt them, coerce them, make them very, very controllable. And I hope you understand, everyone, that as I say these words, I am speaking this into the collective, and I am speaking these horrors for the ascension cycle, like for consciousness. This is not about me or my victimization or anything else like that. And so in that moment, I realized that this man who raised me had been raised in the SRA. What is the SRA? And how did I know about it already? That's interesting. The SRA stands for Satanic Ritual Abuse. That is not an acronym that I ever heard my aunt speak. And I've never asked her if she realizes that what they were a part of is a part of a much bigger network. And so my father and, and his siblings were, they were trafficked. They were trafficked as children. I was, you know, talking sex trafficking. Like I said, they were a part of ritual. They were broken. They were broken on purpose in the worst ways, some of which, like I, I haven't not even told you details. So I already knew about the SRA because my sacred remembering path had taken me toward the, the reference of Ascension Glossary, Lisa Renee's work. And like on my journey, I had found this resource about, you know, reunification, although I could not even understand like <laughs> a tenth of the words that Lisa Renee was using at that point. But I just had this feeling inside my body, like everything that I, like, it was like, Everything in me showed me that this was the truth and like the path that I was on. And so, you know, soul, spirit, God, all of that had already given me the like the information, you know, the heads up, because I had really started to ask questions like, why does patriarchy even exist? Why do we even have the suppression of women? Why do we even have like religion that would teach us that? there's this male God and that there's not a female God. Like why? Like, okay, I get it. Like I get patriarchy, like on the ground patriarchy, but like what the actual fuck is going on. And that's where it gets pretty weird because it's like, you know, a galactic sort of um, spiritual warfare between dark and light. And, um, and essentially I, I can't really, paraphrase the history but you can look on ascension glossary yourself and you know there was like a, a war over earth and there were all these different like stargates and so there was like different wars at the different stargates and so like earth used to be a unified planet and then it was like hijacked taken over you know we have this kind of like alien machinery weaponry of patriarchy that's put into place and a Luciferian agenda that like, you know, brings things like Satanism to the planet. So that's not really good news. And um, yet, you know, my, my aunt shares a story with me. And then, you know, I, I remember I went home 
walked in my front door, like kind of fell on my knees and like, I'm just like, like reconciling that, you know, I was like 37, 38 at that point. And I was like, I was raised by a man who was groomed by the SRA. Oh my God. Like this changes so much. Like this is, uh, holy fuck. And I pretty much spent a year trying to grok that, like (laughs) trying to grok it, like with everything I knew about mental health and everything I knew about like what I had been healing, you know, in me and the trauma patterns and things like that, like to put that level of like, he was groomed in the SRA, like to see your life through that was just like, I had to, I had to work that out for a a while. And I would say like, it's still, um, there was, there's like still tendrils of the like cult, let's say like, okay. So what are the tactics of the SRA? So mind control, victim victimizer, um, soul splitting, like taking some, you know, such traumatic experiences that like they, you know, your soul is separated from you. Um, yeah, like rich ritual abuse, um, which actually binds you like with black magic. Um, what are some others? Like, you know, things that come from that are like, you know, addiction, narcissistic abuse my father like had there were so many layers of like narcissistic abuse he was married to a woman had three daughters and he he and his state of mind and emotion and like mental condition ruled our entire lives like we operated around him um Yeah. And then like sexual misery is another real um, tactic of the SRA, which is to um, inflict, you know, sexual abuse and take sexual power and, um, and then like, hence making someone a victim. And there's, there's all kinds of energetic damage that is done with these like abuses and practices because, um, oh, very importantly, so the, the, um, the way the black magic works is that like your power is sucked from you. And so when some of these rituals or practices or like black magic, you know, hexes, whatever you call them, like bindings are done, then a part of your like life force is stolen from you and put somewhere else. And so, you know, there are these kind of spaces like in the planet um like under the planet you know there's there's like dark earth grids um like siphoning earth grids and then there's also like baphomet um like holding spaces if you will for um for energy and especially feminine energy let's mean that so you know so patriarchy is a part of this dark agenda and so um what is what is like happening is that the feminine energy is being like stolen 
and put in these spaces. And as I talk about these things, I want to like invite us all to go ahead and remember that we are in the unified field, calling in our source connection, calling in our heart and our earth connection, and just holding and intending that like everyone listening to this is inside of this unified field. Like nothing, you know, it's not like, it's not coming to get you, right? Like it, it's taken me a very long time to be able to say these things without fear. And so the frequency in the space that I am holding is, is not a fear-based space as I tell these stories. And I went a little deeper there than I like kind of intended to go. And again, I'm following the intuition and channeling from today. And so that, you know, that naming that is important because even though these things are scary to think about, they exist and they rule so much of the planetary frequency and our life frequency until we, you know, wake up to them and become sovereign. That's the point. That's the point. And so I, you know, incarnated into a very interesting bloodline and like my soul took on, this is the way I see it. My soul took on these like agreements, like <laughs> pre-birth. I have a little picture of me, like from, you know, early, early, like days old. And I'm like, you a badass. <laughs> because like you, you know, that little baby like came to transmute this like oh, fucking dark lineage trauma. Like it's like, are you kidding me? You know, so these, this is what was happening. Like over these years, it's like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, this is what was really going on. And in the, you know, as I'm understanding it with my mind, you have to understand that like, there's the process of being a woman in a body, a woman who's trying to relate to like men and masculine in new ways. Like <laughs> here I am, uh, you know, a teacher of feminine and masculine. So I was like figuring things out and teaching it and like trying to break free of, of these things at the same time. Um, and so <laughs> it's, um, it's been a very big process. I'm feeling into if anything else wants to be shared in story number one. That that is complete. So taking a breath. You are sacred. You are sovereign. You are free. You are free to be in your unified energetic architecture. You are free to claim back anything that has been taken from you, distorted, inverted, stolen, et cetera, et cetera. And this happens as we connect to our source connection, to our heart connection, to the heart of the earth, while we rehabilitate our sacred architecture, our energetic architecture. We claim back everything that is ours across timelines, across lifetimes, dimensions, realities, all of it. You don't have to know the stories. You don't have to go looking for the stories on the sacred remembering path. What needs to become clear or revealed 
is revealed to you. So, story number two. <laughs> the, the heaviest part is behind us. <laughs> I feel to mention that. But okay. All right. So this is a sacred story. Okay. So story number two is like this little snippet. And it was two years ago this week that the story happened. I was um, at the end of another relationship where the same fucking energy had come in to just be destructive in a relationship. And I, you, you've heard me tell parts of the story. You are a podcast listener. I was living on this really sacred piece of land. And in retrospect, it's like, I had to live on that land. Like part of why my soul came to this planet in like all of the years that I might manage to actually live this life, it was like living on this land, even for the short amount of time that I did, was so much a part of my dharma. Like I came to live there. Even when I moved to North Carolina 16 years ago, um, I knew that I needed to live in Madison County. Like it was like where I wanted to live. It took me like 15 years no, for 14 years to actually live there, right? So like, I was always trying to get to there. So, okay. And so I'd been living on this sacred piece of land that like a male partner had invited my son and I to live with him. And I was having like spiritual awakening upon spiritual awakening <laughs> on this land. And it had to do with like the earth grids and the land specifically, and all of these like really wonderful, really yummy things happened. Like um, early on in dating him, I was told to like by the voice um, of spirit, like as you drive onto the driveway, um, get out, put your feet on the ground and say the words, I am here. I am here. <laughs> and so like I was doing things like this, you know. So anyway, I had this like he, this is where heartland like happened and heartland happened because i told you that this was two years ago today but like and then i took a, a like windier road to the two years ago part so hang on hang with me so okay so the relationship's like breaking down and i can tell that this like fucking force this like dark force that used to inhabit my father and then inhabited this beloved of mine and now it like got into this other guy and I was like what the actual fuck and and I went to this land this land that I had tended this land that was like it had shown me over my time living there that there were these feminine currents inside of the earth and like I was actually helping to like I would say restore them because there was um a like <laughs> kind of like a fight between good and evil that was like about um a piece of land like being claimed by the by the dark and my male partner at the time that I was living with was actually like fighting that force like from a scientific standpoint so you know we had all been like our souls had all been called and um but here I was like well I think this is about the feminine currents in the earth and so I'm just gonna make these quartz grids and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna send this interesting place on the land that feels like a portal <laughs> you know it's like I mean it was like really big things that were that were happening 
And, um, and I was learning a ton. I was learning about like how the feminine currents like moved through the earth and, um, and how we were like restoring them as we restored the feminine in our body, this like rightful feminine current, it was restoring in the earth. And we were, you know, actually restoring it from those like stolen places. It was like, the feminine can flow again, current, currency, this will come up later. The feminine can flow again when these like grids are restored and reconnected. And when the feminine energy, both in the earth and women's bodies, like all the feminine energy available is not like, like siphoned and sucked away and stolen and hijacked when that is like you know, done so, and, and we're restoring it, then, you know, we have more thriving life in the feminine, we have like a healthier expression of the masculine, the earth is restoring, you know, and, and so here I am like awakening to all of these things. And the dude gets hijacked and he's like, get off the property. And I was like, oh, God, like, I know this monster, like I've fucking dealt with this monster such a pain in my ass. Um, I was like, you're going to have to wait a minute because, you know, you invited me to move in here and make a life. Like my pictures hanging on the wall. I was like, just like, give me a minute. So I took a couple of months and really I was like, I'll leave when the land tells me to leave. And, um, and I, I wasn't done yet. And so, um, like just before like this week, two years ago, I was guided to do this ceremony at like the fire pit on this land where, um, like there were three, I was guided to take three big logs in the form of a triangle around the fire pit and they like intersected and one was like him and one was me and one was the land. And there had been all of this like old ties and karma and past life stuff and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so I was listening to the land and listening to um, the, you know, the guidance of like the guides and ancestors on the land. And, um, and this, I, I will share that a part of my heritage is Cherokee. And so like part of me getting to these mountains um, like as a young person and then part of me getting into this like county this land was Cherokee land okay so I have a, I have this ancestral piece here and um and I I don't you know that's just my sacred remembering path right like I've avoided mentioning that for a very long time because I don't want to like do you know cultural appropriation like I have no intention to um Actually, I don't even want to continue that. It's like, this is just my sacred remembering path. And these are just like the facts right around like the heritage and the land. And so, um, so I was, I was aware of that. That's what I'm saying. And so I do this ceremony to like unbind. Okay. And I go to Virginia to see a friend of mine. Actually, he was the last guy on this podcast, Seth so Garrett, episode 143. And um, 
Virginia is like in the middle of where he lives in Pennsylvania and where I'm from in North Carolina. So he's like, let's meet in Virginia. And we'll just like spend a weekend together. And um, so he found this Airbnb and he arrived like, I don't know, half a day before I did. And he found this trail and he was like, let's go. You know, he's like, you got to see these rocks. Like, let's go on this trail. I really want to show you this trail. So we, we go on the trail in Virginia. And I'm like jumping on the rocks. Like there's these big, gorgeous, flat rocks. Like does not look like Pennsylvania or North Carolina. And, you know, by this point, I'm like um, all about being in nature. And so I'm really impressed by these like flat rocks. And I just would take like a jump and like, you know, step down on a rock and step down on a rock. And, and the story started to come up and out of me about what my aunt had shared and everything that I had been putting together for the last year about like the SRA and my, you know, father and, and like all these stories that my aunt told me and like how infiltrated this all was like in the, in, in our modern world and like people, you know, hardly talk about it. And, or like, if you do talk about it, people think you're like, you know, QAnon or, you know, some kind of crazy. And, you know, so like, so if you, if you start like talking about SRA or satanic ritual abuse, you know, the story is like, that's crazy. That doesn't exist. Well, it fucking does. (laughs) It fucking does. And it's crazy to say it doesn't because the amount of intergenerational trauma that's passed on when we refuse to say that it doesn't exist is bonkers. Like we're protecting the bad guys, right? (laughs) I don't say bad guys. Like anyway, I should choose my words more carefully. Um, We're protecting the perpetrators. We're protecting the monsters. We're protecting the, like the doers of street evil if we're saying it doesn't exist. Okay. I've had clients somehow find me and approach me because I don't talk about this very often, um, still or yet, uh, until now. And I've had, um, clients approach me where like this sure as shit was infiltrated into various religions and women, you know, have, have been waking up to like, uh, there's actually satanic forces at play in my life, in my religion, in my church with my father. Yep. Yes. Yes. You are seen, you are validated. Not that you needed it from me. Yes. You are not crazy. You are not crazy. So here I am on this mountain and I start talking about it and like speaking it. And I was like, I had this feeling of like, maybe I, you know, am I saying this too loud? But like no one else was around. And and I I was like, I gotta say this whole story. And I kept like just walking and placing my feet on the earth and like sharing this story with Seppi and like just like all of it, like the holy up the mountain. He's a very good listener, bless him. So are you, because these stories are long. And, and I get to this moment where I was like, what is going on? It was like I came here to tell this story, but I didn't know that I went there to tell the story. And I was like, where are we? <laughs> like, where are we on a map? Like, 
where did my father grow up? Um, so he was born in like Virginia, West Virginia. Here we are in Virginia. And I think, I think if I remember correctly, like, so I texted my mother who I was still kind of in communication with at that point. And I was like, where did he grow up? And we were 40 minutes east of where my father had grown up with his siblings and his mother until like a pretty young age because um his biological father was like highly highly abusive well no shit there was sra involvement right and so uh, then they fled and went to pennsylvania where there was more sra involvement um so this is like you know, I don't know where the SRA is, but it is prevalent in the Appalachians. Breathing in light. Breathing in love. Breathing in the unified field. It's all held. It's all held. Very good. And the earth is holding us too, right? Because these currents, these restored feminine currents, this is like, I'm weaving a story of grid work here, right? So the, the feminine currents that are running through the earth, they're restoring. We restore them as we, you know, show up, like as we show up to our process. So here I was in Virginia, not having any idea that any of this like was tied together um, or had to do with any of it. And then I was like, oh, wow, I'm really close to this area where my grandmother, Susie, uh, first raised her children. And I was like, wow, I really felt like I like had to tell that story. So before we left, Seppi is a massage therapist, body worker. I am an energy worker, among other things. And the woman that owned the Airbnb where we were staying, her name was Susan. And um, she had like a bad back, like she'd been in a car accident and she couldn't stand up fully. And Seppi, being the generous, amazing human that he is, he was like, Sarah, can we please offer her a tandem session where he does body work and I do energy work? And I was like, yeah, let's do that. So we did this on Sunday morning before we have to go and drive back to our places. And Susan gets on the table and um, Seppi starts at her head and I start at her feet and I put my hands like on her ankles and it still brings tears to my eyes in this moment. This like, you know, grandmother of a woman with like long white hair laying on the table and her like bare shoulders are exposed and she's under a blanket and the vision that I had was that her whole body turned into land, like earth. And then these crystalline waters, crystalline waters, rivers began to move in the vision, like began to move through her body and over like the mountains of her body and the crevices of her body. And it was so beautiful and it was such a high frequency experience. I just actually stood there and let the tears fall down my face. 
I knew I was really in the presence of something quite, quite beautiful. On the way out, just after that, we were leaving and um, a hawk offered me a feather. And then I drove home back to this house that I was going to be preparing to pack up and leave. And I was standing in the kitchen not two days later. And I received a text message that my grandmother Susie had passed. I'm not sure of the date of that. It may actually be today. Maybe today's date. It's maybe two years to the day. It's very cool. The part of this story that I did not share was when I met the grandmothers on the piece of land in North Carolina. And this is the basis of Heartland. And the basis of Heartland, like it, it came to me when I had been, and I, I'm not sure if this happened before or after I went to Virginia. So chronology here is like clearly not important. But I want to tell you about this vision because it is important. So I'm on the land, like it's a separate day than doing a ceremony with the logs on the land in North Carolina. And he was like, it was clear that he was done with the relationship. He wasn't going to try anymore. He was like, he's done. And I went to this place where I prayed and place where I felt was like very, very sacred on the land. I had made offerings and And I remember I fell to my knees and the land was kind of like marshy and I didn't care. I just like fell to my knees and let my pants get wet. It was cold. It's December. And um, I was like, you have to show me. You have to show me what to do. Like how, Why does this dark force, why does this depleting force, why does it seem to come and attack my bravery? Why does it seem to come and attack my love, my relationships, my prosperity, my money? Always attack my resources. Why? Why does this happen? I want to know. I need to know now, and I need it to never, ever happen again. And I fell on my knees, and my head was like, pretty much on the ground too. I was like doubled over. And I had a vision of all of these grandmothers coming forward, these like grandmothers who were like indigenous grandmothers from the land. Um, grandmothers maybe that were mine or maybe were like others, grandmothers that came from stars, grandmothers that didn't even look like human, grandmothers who were like pure light themselves. I mean Grandmother upon grandmother upon grandmother, like hundreds of grandmothers. And they came forward and they cried with me. And they said, we know. We get it. <sighs> the feminine depletion has gone on long enough. We get it. And... <laughs> They, they were like, you're asking for the answer. We see you're here to help, you know. 
So we're going to tell you. We're going to tell you about feminine regeneration and about the end of depletion. And you're going to call it heartland. Brings tears, and and you're going to teach it to other people. So, so they they gave me the pieces, and I started teaching it four months later. And I've held Heartland groups twice. And, um, <laughs> but really, though, I've been I've been walking with the the lessons and the sacred remembering journey of Heartland ever since. Um, it was two years ago, including like right now, like right now, such a mm, like prime time for for Heartland truly coming through, which is part of the energetics of this podcast. So we're here at the end of story two. Trip to Virginia on the land telling the stories, the grandmother with my grandmother's name, seeing the crystalline rivers, the currents flowing through her body, flowing through her body as if her body was land itself, the earth of her, watching those currents flow. I spent the whole energy session like that, just watching the currents flow. That was the healing. Two days later, my grandmother passes. I can only put the pieces of that story together. I can't explain all the mysticism of it. Do I know and believe that I went to that land to liberate something for my lineage? With all my heart. With all my heart. I know that that's why I told that story on the mountain. And then my grandmother passed. Breathing in. Breathing in the light of the divine. Breathing in crystalline light of your heart, of the heart of this planet, of the restoring grids and waterways. Beginning to feel the restoring, restored, restorative feminine current as it runs through you and runs through the planet, calling back your currency, calling back this current to move through you now, calling it back into the land of your body, calling it back from any negative earth grids, restoring the positive earth grids, restoring the flow and the current and the organic spiral of living life in the Holy Trinity of Mother, Father, restored. Breathing that in. 
Story number three. <sighs> Story number three. In June 2021, a soul pinged me from the other side and said, you need to begin to tell your sister about your father. Because remember, my family, you know, just doesn't, um, <laughs> I'm like kind of fighting with a little cat here that wants to climb on my keyboard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, Okay, so my family had like not ever wanted to know these things and continued to like just um it it wasn't even denial because I really hadn't even decided to share these things with them. It was like I was walking my sacred remembering path and I hadn't shared these things. I I have no idea, for example, if like a family member will listen to this podcast. It would be the first that they were ever hearing these things, right? And so I've held them in silence partly because I didn't want to you know, like hurt anyone <laughs> but that I'm kind of laughing now because it's like um you know rather than attune to to what is real like um the the preference and the choice to be in um in silence again just causes the, the like a perpetuation of all of these things and so um you know, I knew that like it was not safe for, for example, for my father to be around young children alone. I knew that when I had my own son and I didn't, um, I didn't leave my son alone with him because the terror like was in my body around that. But again, like we didn't talk about it. We just, you know, <laughs> I just like maneuvered. Okay. So here, um, like my, my, my youngest sister, he like I knew she'd probably have children and and then this like soul, this presence um was saying it's time to talk to her about your father. And I was um pretty hesitant of that, honestly. I was pretty pretty hesitant to do that. It was like a little like chicken shit about that. And um, you know, for all the things like what do I what do I say? Like where do I even begin? Like they're, you know, living their modern lives. And then here I am talking about like SRA, like wh what, you know, like how to, I didn't know how, I didn't know how. And, and I was, I don't know, afraid or still in my own process or trying to survive or like whatever I was doing. So I kind of ignore it. And then in August, the voice like gets a lot louder and I reached out to my sister and I was like, um, can we please have a conversation like before you are pregnant? And she was like, um, maybe, um, maybe not. Um, like, let's wait till our other sister can do it with us. And, um, and it just like didn't happen. And come to find out in November, she was already pregnant by August. And like, I just didn't know it yet. So here, like this child is coming, who's the first, the first child, um, 
like the first grandchild since my two. So my first child was protected, right? Like she was protected from any of this because she was adopted. Now, did I know that at the time? No, that's completely and purely divine intervention because I would not have been able to keep her safe with the level of mind control and manipulation and like, you know, soul siphoning and all the shit that I was still under the spell of um, at age 18, 19. I was like pretty awesome and <laughs> wise and intuitive and things like that also. But like, as far as the, you know, enmeshed and like narcissistic and abusive family dynamics and like, oh, the other dynamic that really played out was like financial abuse. Whew, yeah, that had to be named here, like financial abuse from my father. So like coercive, manipulative um, financial abuse where I had to be like fully and completely like down and out, thought I would fail, thought I couldn't do it on my own, like complete like bought into the like separation paradigm of like you, you know, you are not connected to source. You cannot source your own abundance and um, you need to depend on me. And so as the, as the first daughter, I was like definitely groomed to the heaviest. And I think my soul really like, uh, you know, uh, he and I had a soul agreement like before incarnating, of course, like, you know, to do various things among which like clear the lineage. So or this aspect of the lineage, I'll say. And so um, I got a little off track there. Where was I? So this was the first grandchild that was coming other than my two children. And like my daughter was protected because I didn't raise her in his house. And my son was protected because I knew in my gut that my father should never be alone with children. And so, you know, this baby is coming. Now I realize the baby's coming. And so I was like, okay, yay, great. Like, okay. And uh, we got to have that conversation. She didn't want to have it. And like, understandable, right? Because she's like in her happy time, happy space. I love, I love my sister. I love this baby. Like, you know, yeah. And so she's like, this is a boundary. Do not cross it. And I started having panic attacks. Actually, I started to to panic about like not being able to keep this child safe. And what, you know, I'm talking to my EMDR therapist about it. I'm talking to like Akashic records, like trusted readers, you know, like record holders and every, I'm talking to everybody that I trust about this. And it was like, you know, what do I do? And it was clear that this child coming in was like very special. It was also clear to me that like we knew each other well. Like there was there's a um something very, very divine in like in our relationship, such that how that manifested in the physical was that I would like I would have driven to New Jersey, <laughs> like knocked on doors. I mean, like, no, listen, look, you have to listen to me. Um, like I, I would have moved heaven and earth. I would have like, you know, laid down my life, like for this baby, like that is the level of like fierce protection that was coming through me. And, and so it wasn't like really a question of, <laughs> whether or not I would be sharing this information. Um, but like, how were we going to do it? Right. Because like, clearly it had to happen so that he stayed safe. 
So <laughs> little, little angel messenger baby, right? Because like here I had been kind of sitting in silence, like sitting in my own process with this. And then here he was and he was coming and I was like, no, 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 no. Like you don't get to affect another child because like the trauma that I have had to like pull apart inside of my body and I'm 41 years old and it's exhausting. <laughs> you know, like there's this like cult inheritance level trauma. That doesn't touch another kid. That does not touch another kid, not in my lineage. And like I am I am speaking these things in part so that it touches as few children as possible. Right? Like, of course, I can't save all the babies. I don't want this to happen to another child ever. And like let us all you know, stand on the land and speak these things so that these atrocities stop. But I was responsible for one little beautiful soul who was coming into the planet and I was not going to let it happen. And one day after a um, Akashic Records reading with uh, a trusted reader, like I said, I woke up the next morning with this deep soul knowing that I was to write a letter and the letter would go to everyone in my family, including my daughter's parents, everyone in my family, my generation or above. So didn't send it to, to the younger generation because I don't want to traumatize anyone. In that letter, I still did not name the SRA, but I did name the severe childhood abuse of my father. And I named a lot of compassion as well, which I want to share that I do have a huge amount of compassion for the child that my father once was, like for the child that had to go through the SRA abuse and like make a life after that. Like I have, I actually have deep, deep compassion for that. And I also have a deep love of my father's innate soul. There was a lot of hijacking and a lot of stealing of his energy and a lot of like infiltration. One day, I think it was the last time I saw him, he actually looked at me and he said, I don't know, Sarah, sometimes I think I just have demons inside of me. And I think that's very true. And so I don't love the hijacking. I don't love how the eyes go dark. I don't love like all of the ways that that energy has come like at me over his lifetime, over my lifetime. I don't like that. I don't like that. And I'm like very clear that I don't want that. And that comes like paired with my father because, you know, he hasn't gotten those things out of him. For a long time, I tried to save my father um, before I knew about all this. Like, you know, I knew that he had been severely abused as a child. Ironically, I also knew that he was my abuser and perpetrator. And I really tried to get him to look at his own abuse and his own stuff while I was like deep in my trauma healing. This is like, you know, like 34, 35, like so mid 30s, right? And I want to say that that's like, a huge red flag if you're trying to save someone like and get them to look at something that 
like because they did something to you. I mean, I was working as hard for his redemption as I was for my trauma healing at one point. And that's that's sick. That's enmeshment. That's like, you know, uh, bondage of, of soul parts. And so as I had, you know, I'd stopped that, I'd stopped like trying to caretake him, I'd stopped trying to save him. And, and um, you know, I really believe that like we each have this responsibility to, you know, stand in this unified truth of who we are and to reclaim both the mother and the father and um, and to clear these imprints. And he was not able to do that in this lifetime. He was not able to, um, you know, take that responsibility and take that on. And so what happened was like a lot of denial. I was the only one to, well, his sisters have, have dealt with it. Some of his sisters have dealt with it, not all of them. And, um, and I have certainly dealt with it. And, you know, like he chose, um, a life of like denial that these things had happened. And also, um, like a, he became what looks like devout, like Christian, um, which I won't even go into the level of like hijack and inversion there. So that was really fucking confusing as a kid to have this like, uh, you know, almost like multiple personality bipolar, you know, like father who also was like very adamantly about God, um, like talk about a mind fuck. Okay. So like the things that he was doing, it was like sometimes doing in the name of God, Ugh, talk about a mind fuck. So I woke up this one morning and I was like, um, I'm writing a letter. My sister won't listen to me. And like, I think I had this awareness at that point, like, well, if I just tell her, then we're just holding it. And I wrote, wrote a letter and drafted it. And then I sat on it for like a week or two. And a week or two later, I didn't, I didn't change a thing. Like exactly what we said came out in this letter. And like I said, I didn't mention the SRA because I thought that they would be like, ah, she's just crazy. But I did mention things that he has admitted, like um, the the child abuse and then like the unresolved trauma being very dangerous. And I also named that my mom um, has kind of acted as an accomplice to this because her dissociation is so, so deep. And so they still function, you know, as a as a married couple and like, you know, pretend that none of this exists. But I was like, I'm not pretending and having this happen to my, my niece or nephew. And so, um, so I sent that letter and it was like, so the right thing to do. And I would have done it a thousand times over. For the child. And then, like, throughout the years, something really strange happened in me where at times I was like afraid. Um, at times I felt really alone. Like, I'd really sealed the deal on the like you know family ostracizing <laughs> right um and then 
just like, again, this energy like came into our relationship and it didn't, it didn't get to me. Like it always like tries to get to me, but hasn't really gotten to me um, other than like, you know, breaks down the relationship, which is also a thing, a loss. So I'm like, you know, writing out this year and noticing that there was um, <laughs> probably like one of the really most noticeable things was that my money really slowed down and then like almost like it like stopped. It was like, what is going on? And every day I just, I show up. Like every day, I'm like, okay, where's my energy? Where's my work? What's mine to do? You know, like, what the fuck is going on? But I got really into human design and found like a lot of um, really beautiful, like, soul, you know, pieces of like, oh, look, well, this compensatory strategy from my childhood of like always overdoing it. That was a compensatory strategy. And my actual design is to operate through faith. And, you know, like other things were re re uh, revealed like that. Like, oh, I'm acting, you know, inauthentically because of this, like, almost perpetual fight or flight. And then, like, coming eventually to realize, like, oh, my gosh, this level of fight or flight was almost in place or was in place from the beginning of starting my company because the imprint like there was this like, like delicious and beautiful and rightful and true direct direction directed to like start embody breath and to call it that and then like what happened was so much fear so much fear such that I thought I would die. And so when you feel like you're going to die, but you need to keep a company going, you fucking do. <laughs> like you overdo. You just like overdo forever. <laughs> okay. And so that was like a compensatory strategy from childhood, but it was like what I felt that I needed to do to keep business going. And then this summer, like all of that was dismantling like all of this oh I can feel it in the field right now and the architecture it was like this false architecture that was like holding things together and it just started to dismantle and um and break down and and so it was you know also kind of weird because like ways that I had done business it just like wasn't going to participate in that anymore I'm like oh that's patriarchal and that's patriarchal and the way we try to build coaching is patriarchal <laughs> like I just you know started to to see these um infiltrations I suppose I'll say okay so spirit's pointing me toward telling me something that's um a little graphic and so, like, perhaps the most perplexing thing, like I said, was that the money was really, like, slowing down and, and stopping in a weird way. And 
I did a podcast interview on the magic of somatic money with Dana Stober. And I think this is episode 14. You can go listen to it if you wanted to. And, and the, the magic of somatic money. So she does like body somatics and money, but also like she really is divinely guided and has what she calls spirit team and that guides her. And so she, she channels during the, um, the, the podcast is like a live coaching call. And during this call, um, I said, you know, I don't know, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know how my father did this. Like, I don't know why the money's stopping now, but like, I don't know how he had like, ha- like, I don't know what happened that I was like under the grips of this, like manipulation around money, um, my whole life. And she was like, stop right there. And she started channeling and And what we like found and discovered was that there was actually binding that had been done. Um, this is really gross, y'all. Like as, as a teenager, it had been done with my menstrual blood. And so like he had used my menstrual blood from like a pad and performed something that he had learned in ritual. And I'm going to also say that this could have been completely like almost subconscious or in that like other personality or in that darkness in him, um, that he like would do this and like performed some sort of binding that, um, was around like money and resources and like my dependence on him and you know, and so that was like a fucking doozy to hear and to learn. And again, I have learned about, you know, like the further I go down my sovereignty path, like the more tools I have for like learning this kind of information. So you don't get this kind of information like out of the, out, out of the gate. Usually it's like, oh, I can handle more. Okay. I'm clearing more. And so, um, so this happens and I'm like, okay, working on clearing this, working on the sovereignty, like, you know, wow. Um, don't want to hex on my money. You know, don't, don't did not ever give consent to this. Right. And then, um, this, like the next month I didn't bleed. Like I didn't have my period and my hair started to like fall out and, you know, it was like, is this a thyroid issue? Is this a stress issue from like sending the letter? Like, what is this? And my guidance, my internal guidance just kept saying like, this is a step on this ascension cycle. This is not something to worry about. And at the time, you know, it was like, go get in cold water, get in, do cold plunges and streams, like every chance you get. And, and I was very like aware that there was something very crystalline that was happening. Um, like this clearing, this like upgrade that was happening. So I got the information, but the information was like, and now that you have that information, you can actually upgrade, like you can clear and upgrade. So of course I didn't like quite understand what was going on. I still don't understand fully what was going on, but like my DNA was actually like inhabiting more light. 
as this density cleared, as I claimed more of the sovereignty and claimed more of the freedom and the truth that I am, et cetera. And so like by the next time I bled, I like skipped, it was like 48 days or something. Then like that blood was actually sovereign. It was like, you know, that, that kind of black magic had been like cleared. And then the other thing that was like going on this year that it was pretty funny when my therapist and I like finally found it because I swim in the deep end so often. And I, I love EMDR, do EMDR a lot. And, um, I found a new therapist actually, it's worth saying like at the beginning of 2020, like specifically to work with like this SRA called, you know, like what is going on in my brain. And so we've been working together for that long. And, um, so we dive really deep and, and go to like all of these different places. And I kind of like blend in, you know, my energy and my sacred site and my mysticism and things like that. Um, you know, with EMDR and, and her practices and we stay in the somatics and it's like, yummy and so here we were like looking and looking and looking for like why did it why am i in this fight or flight like why am i what is happening and you know everything down to like hexes right and and then <laughs> what we ended up finding and i'm just laughing because um she was like whoa I feel like that was so obvious and I just missed that as a therapist. And I was like, I know it was like, so it makes so much sense. But, but what happened was when I sent that letter and, and I finally named like that, which I had been so threatened, like I had been threatened with my life so many times not to tell not to tell those things. And so when I did, there was something inside of my brain, my very aware, very conscious, very like 41 year old, very professional, very, very accomplished brain. Still, of course, I'm saying this to normalize it. And, um, I got tons of self-compassion and love about all of these things. And so even though I had done like so much work and was like so willing to look in all the different places, right? There was still this part of my brain that was very primal and very um doing its thing, like reactive, um, you know, that groove, that neural pathway of like, if you tell, you will be killed. You should fear for your life. Like you can't. You can't tell these things or really bad things will happen was what I was told was how I was coerced and brainwashed as a child under very gross circumstances. And so when I sent that letter, a part of my brain believed that I was not going to be okay. And I couldn't find that part like I couldn't I could not find and identify causation <laughs> with why my life was changing even that like why things seemed to be like slowing down or um why I wanted to like 
show myself less or why I had less energy, like those kinds of things, you know, I was like, was this a hex? Is my work just changing that much? Yes and yes. <laughs> like all of the above, right? Massive, massive change, massive initiation. And there was just, there's something about like, the trajectory of this podcast that wanted to like acknowledge that's that happened like 2022 like <sighs> so there's so there's so much pressure like in the world to perform and to put forward an image of like having it together and not asking for help and you know in this like coaching world that I had entered that I don't really identify with anymore but you know it's like this like put up this image and and like you know share with everybody how, how figured out you have it and um, I hope what I've modeled for you throughout the Sacred Remembering podcast is like the willingness to be with process and, you know, to, to own all parts of self in, as, as whole, right? Rather than having it all figured out. And yet I, I caught myself doing this thing, especially around money, which is so interesting because it's like, why are the grandmothers coming and telling me this like Heartland Codex for Prosperity? It's because I have lived it, like lived this like deep, you know, taking of the energy that would prevent the prosperity. And I like lived the process like physically, esoterically, monetarily. I have lived like every aspect of the reclamation and i continue to and yet the the like constant my my chirons and taurus if that means anything to anyone like the the constant issues around money that were linked with this level of abuse and this level of like just fuckery right um binding fuckery like ugh grossness lower dimensional aspects etc etc like my feminine currency was hijacked at a very early age the currency that runs through me that runs through my earth connection was hijacked at a very early age and so like Yes, this is deep learning and also deep alchemy that I continue to like come through. And that is like what qualifies me to continue on with Heartland from Beyond Space. I just wrote a book proposal for Heartland. If there's any publishers out there, anybody connected to a publisher out there, and you want to talk to me about my amazing book proposal, you send me an email, sarah at sarahpoet.com. Okay. But I, I sent 
I, I wrote this book proposal and I sent it. And one of the big questions was like, what qualifies you to write this book? And I was like, oh, please. <laughs> you know, like the fact that I go to the rocks and tell stories and offer roses to water and um, tobacco to water and, and listen and do what spirit tells me and listen to the grandmothers and the fact that this fucking happened. That's what qualifies me, right? To to like write this and to um, to bring it through. And so, even though I can grok all that with my mind, I caught myself doing what my mom taught me to do and saying, "Oh, this area of my life over here that's a little on fire. Don't look at that." Instead, look over here where everything appears to be fine. And I caught myself doing that. And I started to say, I'm not fine. I'm not fine. And I fucking love it. Like I, I love myself and I'm not fine. And I started, I started to do that. I told my therapist, I told my friend Lisa, it's like, oh my God, I'm good in so many ways. And in other ways, I'm not fine. I refuse to like hold up this like facade like my mother had like this like oh look at our life look at the pictures on the wall look at the perfectionism look at this meanwhile there's a struggle and primarily my struggle has been financial and so but you don't talk about that when you're an entrepreneur when you're like somebody who talks about prosperity and masculine feminine money and you know all these things all these channels all these things i'm seeing for the new earth like how can i still be struggling with this and i had shame around that and <laughs> and i guess i don't anymore because i'm leaving it on my podcast on the final episode so some some or most, you know, of what we have been taught about our money, our resources, as women in this old paradigm was coerced. Like it was coercive, it was coerced, it was it was um, inverted, you know, however you want to say it, it was wrong. Like, how did you learn to acquire money? Did you learn to be subversive? To someone who was taking your energy, did you learn that you needed um, a rescue by a masculine figure that felt really fucking good about himself when he could rescue you? Did you learn to outrun that all or something like that by working so fucking hard that you're now very depleted because you feared what came with what would have to happen if you shared money or exchange like that with a man? My loves, this is why I do the work I do. This is why I talk about women's resources and the value of our inherent resources. This is why and how I know that like when we find that inner value again, and the value of our love, and the value of our hearts, the value of our emotional wisdom, the value of all of that, it's infinite value infinite value and i think 
I am beginning to bridge to story number four. Story number four is from the space of the new earth that we are creating. I call this the heartland, and I welcome you to explore with me what this kind of story would look like. In between recording the last section and this section, a text came through from my friend, Nicola D'Alonso. She's been on, the, on this podcast um, in service to the king was the episode that we recorded. It was wonderful. And I told her that I was recording this last episode and what it was about and that I was naming the SRA. And these are things that she actually has encouraged me to do for some time. And she saw it as linking to a part of my work and a part of my mission here on the planet. I don't disagree. <laughs> and what, what she said in her text was a blessing. She said, where there was once pain and separation, may there now be prosperity. And that blessing came during <laughs> this recording and during this transmission and right before I'm about to talk about this new earth. And so if that's not a synchronicity, where there was a once pain and separation, may there now be prosperity. So you can see women that what we're doing is we're remembering we're claiming the truth of who we are. That's what this podcast was always about. And in doing so, we are breaking cycles. We are clearing intergenerational trauma. We're clearing it from ourselves, from our lineages, from our trauma memories. And we are then creating space for what's to come. Another one of my good friends, Betsy Batista, she's been on the podcast twice one very, very early, and then one recently this summer. She said to me recently in a message personally, you are the biggest cycle breaker that I know. And after, after she said that, I definitely cried my head off. <laughs> um, and we were talking about the, the cost. I think the next thing she said was, that comes with a cost or at a cost or that has come at a cost. And so, you know, the holding the, the juxtaposition, holding the, like the both and, because in this world that, um, <laughs> well, in the, in the space of like spiritual entrepreneurship or, you know, spiritual coaches, that kind of thing, it could appear to you as though people have everything worked out or that, you know, it's like all good once you get to a certain space. And I wanted to hold the both and in throughout this podcast, but also in this episode um, in a big way, because if you are what Betsy calls a cycle breaker, and I think she got that from a book that's popular, but I don't know the title right now. 
If you are someone who breaks the cycles in your lineage, if you are someone that says, okay, this stops with me and my children don't get harmed. My nieces and nephews don't get harmed. You are the cycle breaker. And that does come with some cost. Like maybe your family does not understand you anymore. Maybe you lose people in your life. Maybe you take chances with your life and your finances, like becoming an entrepreneur to do something that you know that the world needs before the world even knows that they need it. You are the cycle breaker. I'm listening to another book right now about like new earth economics, which I'm becoming very interested in. And it's talking about this wave of, you know, people who go into school to learn about economics and they're learning about economics. That's like a hundred years old. That's totally antiquated and not for the earth that we're creating. And so they're like, um, this is not, (laughs) what we need anymore. So I'm going to go find the answers. Like that is the time that we're living in. And whatever there is on your personal path and in your personal process is like exactly the thing, whatever's on your sacred remembering path for you to remember. I never knew that I was going to be uncovering things like SRA family involvement what the fuck right but it it happened so that i or it happened such that i um i re- i found it out and i found it out and then i knew a little bit more about what my soul was up to and what my soul was transmuting and i can't even begin to comprehend like the the bloodlines and the lineages and the you know the DNA clearings and everything like that that I've been up to but that's what's been happening as I've been clearing my own blood as I've been clearing my own cells you know it's like these sacred remembering um prompts these breadcrumbs and and this summer I just kept hearing like go get in the stream water, go get in the mountain water. It was so cold, but I, my spine wanted to be like submersed inside of the water. And then I'd get in the water and I would just hear the word crystalline. And I knew that my cells were actually upgrading. I don't know how. (laughs) This is the faith part. This is the faith part. And it might sound so kooky. It might sound so weird to be like, well, I have to go get in a mountain stream today because, you know, the the inner guidance is telling me that my cells need this. And somehow when I do it, my DNA is becoming more crystalline. Like, um, okay, this is why we don't tell everybody in our lives what's going on (laughs) at a certain point, unless you have a podcast and you tell everybody. And so, you know, like this is the, like, we could call it weird. (laughs) We could call it um, out there. We could, you know, I'm sure some would call it very, very crazy. And that's the courage part. Like, do you have the courage to live what you know, 
must be done for yourself, for your children, for the next generation? And are you willing to do it? So this is how we do it. We claim our stories. We heal our traumas. We say no fucking more to silent suppression, to silent misery. And then we choose thriving and we choose the new and we are living into the new and the new is a whole different frequency. I call it the heartland. It's regenerative frequency. So let's look at at what this looks like. I love an earth metaphor for heartland. Uh, A while ago, I was in the woods at my friend Andrea's property and there's like a cave that I like to go sit at (laughs) and, um, you know, here's some messages of the divine feminine. And I was sitting there and like the messages, um, I'll say the divine feminine, because who knows, like I've said so many times here, who knows where the voice comes from. Right. But I had, I had been given the heartland channeling or transmission and, and it was like springtime in these woods, thick, pristine woods in Western North Carolina in the U S where I live and like deciduous forests, but such rich soil. So where I was sitting, the soil hasn't been, um, disrupted in like many, many, many long time, right? Long time. And so the, the message was like, look at the regenerative nature of this forest. Do you see the new life? Do you see, you know, that every year there are these cycles of death, of rebirth? Do you see that the the water cycles, that the nutrients cycle? Do you see that the nutrients inside of the this black, rich soil are what allows for the new seeds to sprout? So the, you know, there's a consciousness. In all of that, that when the sun hits the soil, the seed that's inside of the soil begins to sprout and new life is created. And it is regenerative. The woods, we know that nature is going to be highly, highly regenerative if humans stay out of the way. (laughs) So if we're not taking from and extracting from, the nature will continue to replenish. And this is what the woods was showing me. And she was saying, like, this is also true for you. And so, you know, there's an invitation here, here and now, as you're listening to imagine yourself in that kind of woods on that kind of warm spring day. And maybe you imagine taking off your shoes and letting your toes like sink down into that black, rich soil and become a part of a regenerative energetic, a regenerative and regenerative energetic where you don't have to worry about whether or not your energy is going to run out or your time is going to run out. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to be taken from or depleted because everything in this system is regenerating. And now you are a part of that. 
So maybe keep your feet in that soil, you know, in that, in your imagination, in the metaphor, keep your feet in that soil while I share the rest. In this new story, there's no longer either or, somebody has power, somebody doesn't have power, somebody's dominated, somebody's suppressed. Rather, there's equilibrium, there's shared power, there's power with, and there's regenerative power that comes through a bigger connection when we remember this earth connection, this nature connection, and our own source connection. Our own source connection, the resurrection of our divine template from our bodies, from our energy fields, from our connection with this earth and with this, there's actually like a crystalline heart down inside of the earth. And so we begin to know that we begin to have that connection. By the way, women, I will share right here that we do not anchor in prosperity until we have that connection back online, by the way. And so that's what we're doing in this new story. We're reconnecting that. And then we're coming up in our, you know, into our high hearts, that diamond plasma crystalline frequency that's down inside the earth. We pair, we have that same frequency available to us in our high heart area, high heart area. You can just kind of feel it coming through there. And then up and above that, like beyond your physical body, beyond your crown chakra, you have a source connection. And this energetic template can be restored, restored so that as you are sourcing the energy of your life, as you are looking to be resourced, as you are looking to have what you need, you first do this with a divine and sacred remembrance that you are of source directly. So re-sourcing, reconnecting with these source energetics, we begin to see that there's actually a regenerative spiral of energetics that, that is like infinitely prosperous that is available to us all the time. These are the things that such, you know, frequencies of the dark, of the old, did not want you to know. And this time on this earth is the remembrance of these divine frequencies that reconnect you right back to this, to your source, to the source of your prosperity and the source of who you are. And guess what? The source of your prosperity is also the same thing as the source of who you are. So you get to be and earn and be prosperous in your own frequency, like in your authenticity is where you get to be in your prosperity. They're one and the same in the new story. In this new story, in this new version of this new earth that we are creating, the feminine currents are reestablished. So maybe you begin to feel crystalline current running through 
the soil that your toes are in. The currency, the currency of the feminine, the crystalline currency running through the earth, unbreakable currents of the feminine, purely regenerative, purely prosperous. In the new earth, in the new story, we have a healed relationship with the earth grids. We understand the crystalline nature of who we are. In the new story, exchanges of energy, exchanges of dollars, of goods, of services, of, of, um, like, yeah, of energy, exchanges are no longer extractive. Exchanges are no longer extractive. Reciprocity through exchanges happens via love. It happens through the heart. And when we do that as people, I truly believe that money actually elevates in its frequency as well. I channeled and put out a teaching over the last couple of years called Masculine Feminine Money. And as we elevate our understanding of how this separation paradigm, how domination impacted um, us and our money via the, you know, the feminine and the masculine and via the, you know, power dynamics of who had money and who didn't have money or who had access and who didn't have access. As we clear those distortions, we can actually elevate the currency and frequency of money in our life. I call this money union where feminine and masculine are um, behaving and acting once again in a co-creational capacity. If your inner feminine and masculine are acting in a co-creational capacity, the capacity for an, <laughs> a heightened frequency of, of money itself or whatever currency you're using, actually, because new currencies are coming coming through as well. So we change the frequency of the currency through changing our own frequency. So no more blaming the system. No more blaming money for suppression. We can change the currency, the frequency of the currency. In the new story... We collaborate. Collaboration replaces competition. This is among women and this is among, you know, all of us for the resources that we need. There is no need to compete. And actually, we amplify the prosperity for all the more we uh, agree to work in collaboration. This will be true for groups of people. This will also be true for feminine, masculine, and partnerships. How many of you have primary partnerships that are still worried about who's winning and who's losing? That's holding you back from the new paradigm. The new paradigm is co-creative. As we heal the traumas of feminine and masculine from ourselves, from our behaviors, from our lineages, from how, how we see the world, 
concrete example here. Women, our biological fathers are one example of the masculine. We are now upgrading our definitions, our experiences, our, our heart like capacity for the eternal masculine to return. So in an old paradigm, we may have said, yes, but he did this to me, but I was traumatized. And in a new story, we know that we are just as much responsible for birthing the new masculine as any male-bodied person. And it is through the return to the heart that this happens. And this also wants to be said in this moment as I'm standing here and allowing whatever wants to stream to stream in. The, the masculine in the new story, in the new paradigm, will no longer mistake power with sexuality, prowess, penetration, domination, control. And instead, how the masculine penetrates in the new earth frequency will be through his heart, will be through his heart through his service, through his service to the whole. Yes, yes. In the new story, our DNA becomes clearer and clearer and the children that we are birthing and that we are bringing in are bringing in more and more of the clearer, more crystalline DNA that this planet needs to end these cycles of oppression, suppression that have existed for eons. So it is in the new story, in the new paradigm that our children are safe, that they are free to be who they are. In the new paradigm, schools, education will look much, much, much different. There will be much more play and attuning to what the soul desires, who the soul came here to be. No more conformity. Yes to soul expression. Yes to allowing our young people to live in their expression as we have wanted it in our generation so badly to be able to say what we want to say and women men all gendered people we have been clearing these like witch wounds that are like if i speak these things something bad will happen to me well they were very adamant about us not <laughs> doing that for some time and the the more pure in our hearts and the more united and the more collaborative and the more we are in our own regenerative union with the divine, like we elevate these spaces within ourselves. And then it, it's like we graduate from that game. And so, of course, we are free to express. And in doing it, like I've modeled here for you today, we make it more safe for the next person. And we make it such that our children live in a world where 
when they, you know, have the ideas, they can just share them because there's nothing oppressive or suppressive telling them that they shouldn't. In the new story, families are restored. The Holy Trinity of mother, father, child is restored. Love prevails. <sighs> Give them that one a moment to move through the energy there. Mother, father, child, Holy Trinity restored happens in us and it happens through our families and then it happens through our communities as we build even intergenerational communities of collaboration of the restored family unit if the if the family unit is restored then these energetics that do not want love to thrive have a harder time getting in In the new story, relationships are healed. They do heal the people partaking in them. Sexual misery programming, this taker, this abuse frequency of the old is obsolete and repaired. Sex is only done in love, only in service to the regenerative energetics in, in service to this regenerative spiral, in service to the Holy Trinity, in this case, man, woman, God, or I'm sorry, person A, person A, <laughs> B, God, right? Like whatever gender the humans are, person A, person B, God. That's unity. And so you see, it is through your path of sacred remembering that these things happen and can come to be. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this long last episode. Thank you so much for listening to all of the other episodes that me and my guests put out into the world over the last three plus years. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing, you fellow remembers, you fellow ah, activators of this new earth template. As we remember and we restore and we reunify feminine and masculine and we make our way from our trauma and our depletion back into our hearts and back into right relationship with the earth, and with source, knowing that we're not alone, knowing that <sighs> we were not wrong to have faith, we begin to see that we truly are not only the ones who are breaking the cycles, but we're actually bringing the light back to the DNA, clearing the bloodlines, making the earth a more inhabitable place, a more loving place. We are healing with the earth. We are not alone. 
We have so much support. You have so much support at this time. And what is activating in you? Please know that it is what the planet needs. Like me living this story, but not really sharing it. And Nicola saying to me, but it's yours to share. <laughs> because why would you have lived it if not? And that's okay. I had to come to this, this place of being in a different frequency around it. I had to be in a place where I was in that high heart frequency in this crystalline diamond heart frequency and really leaning into that the entire time I say these stories. Because there was once a time where it frightened me to share the stories, but if I am in this regenerative you know, heart spiral, this, this heartland spiral, then I don't, I don't feel the fear anymore. So it's also okay to make your way through your process in your own time. And there's nothing that needs to be pushed or, hmm, hmm. Or you don't need to think that you're doing it wrong. <sighs> I ask for blessings on every single listener of this podcast and all of the other episodes that are out there as they live on into the future, this body of work that will live on into the future. Many, many prosperous, prosperous blessings to everyone that this podcast touches will touch in the future, has touched. Thank you, Sacred Remembering, for the partnership that you and I have walked in these last three years. I continue to be of service to Sacred Remembering, to your Sacred Remembering path. You can find the Sacred Remembering community where we practice these things. We practice collaboration. We practice women coming into energetic, sexual, financial sovereignty. And we, we practice this uh, new patterning, this new earth, like this walk toward this frequency that I'm talking about. We discover it and we practice it together in the sacred remembering community. You can find that at sarahpoet.com backslash community. That will be there for you. I am also um, following, you know, divine intuitions that have been oh, coming through um, in the last few years as I've been with this Heartland material and really navigating my own like money, prosperity, financial walk, um, and what that looks like for the new earth and for women's prosperity. And I sense and feel that a lot of my work is going in that direction. <laughs> it actually has already <laughs> and will continue to do so. I'm really interested in topics of like regenerative finance and, you know, what, what this looks like. And also, ooh, this is exciting. Um, sovereign business for women. This is going to be a topic that I talk about in 2023 um, in, in partnership with some new um, collaborators. And so doing much more collaboration myself 
and really attuning to what wants to happen. But um, probably, you know, when I moved to that land, actually, the land that I talked about where I had to put the crystals down and um, where Heartland was activated, I, it was like, you know, this point on this like entrepreneurial journey where I was looking at like, what's your big why, Sarah? What's your big why? And I wrote down these words on a sticky note. I wrote resources in the hands of women. And I wrote that on a sticky note and I had it on my computer screen like forever. And I don't think it's just about like getting resources, like money into the hands of women, though that's like a big part of it because we know that so much changes in society and culture when women do have money and resources. But if you have been listening to this podcast, you know, I'm also talking about like us reclaiming the value of our inherent resources. And now here I'm talking about us kind of pairing with the resources in the planet. And as one is like healthy and strengthened, so is another. So we have a lot of, um, let's see, journeying to do with these, like with this walk into the new earth and into these new frequencies, women, we are remembering it. Anyway, I'm going to be remembering it. (laughs) That's what I am going to be bringing forward. Um, When I say sacred remembering, you know, we remember the, like the past, but we also remember forward. If that if the brain can make sense of that we remember forward and so it's like we come to this planet with all of these codes inside of us and then we walk the walk that we are supposed to walk even if it's difficult even if it's not always pleasant it won't in fact it won't be always pleasant we walk this walk and the codes get activated the codes get activated And then we're patient with ourselves while the hurt passes, while the trauma clears, while the body heals. And then those codes refine. Those codes refine. And then that is our purpose. That is our purpose. So exactly what you are walking with on your path of sacred remembering is the seed that goes into the soil, that the sun penetrates, that becomes the regenerative medicine for the new earth that we are creating. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and sharing. Thank you for your devotion, your friendship, your participation, your love. I love each and every one of you. You can always find me at sarahpoet.com. If you would like to share this pod, podcast, please do. If you would like to make a contribution, please email me, sarah at sarahpoet.com, and the contribution will go toward the continuation of this work and toward the publishing of Heartland, the book. And we will see what happens in the future. But every single day, I'm going to be in this new story now (laughs) living in the new story helping to build this new earth and i hope to see you there so much love bye 
This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We love to hear from you and your reviews help and they matter. Remember, you are not alone on this sacred remembering path and women are rising now and we're doing it together. You can join the sacred remembering community at sarahpoet.com and also visit there for more tools and inspiration and also to book work with me privately. Here's to your sacred remembering path. Much love and we'll talk to you next time.